Hello, beautiful souls. We bring you conscious content filled with empowering information. Designed to align you with the fulfilling freedom of activated awareness. I am Rachel Alcyon. And I am Daniel Alcyon. Welcome Welcome to to the the Ecstatic Existence Podcast. Greetings, global family. I'm so excited about this episode. I'm Daniel. And I'm Rachel. And this is the first sharing from our journey to Iceland. It was a really remarkable experience, and you will be hearing later another interview with a different guest, and also our detailed travel log, which was really fun to record, documenting our entire journey. One of the real standouts from our travels was attending the Elf School in Reykjavik, which is a very unique experience, to say the least. Yeah, we spent the day with Magnus at his Elf School. He is the headmaster and has been collecting accounts of elves and hidden people and fairies from all over the world for over 30 years. He has many, many records and is actually creating a documentary, which Daniel and I had the opportunity to be a part of. He interviewed us and we interviewed him. So uh, we got to spend a lot of time with Magnus. We fell deeply in love with him. He is an incredible wealth of knowledge and also, as you might suspect, uh, a little bit on the um, eccentric side. He shared about Iceland and Iceland's history and the way that the government works, as well as a lot of the more fairy stories. Yeah, I just uh, couldn't get enough of Magnus. And, you know, when we go back, we are going to be sure to connect with him. We've really made a lifelong friend. Oh, yeah. We spent about a day and a half mm-hmm. with, with Magnus. And it was so interesting the deeper we got into his world because our first interaction was all about the elves and through elf school. That process alone was just so interesting. I mean, we had a a classroom of probably about 30 people and 20 of which were a group of Canadian study abroad students going to elf school as part of their education. Mm -hmm. It's pretty wild. Our experience with Magnus branched out from the stories of the elves and the lore and the legend into his personal life, which is phenomenally interesting. The more we got to know him as a man and as a person, Mm -hmm. I was blown away by the depth of his personal story and his diligence to stay true to his own nature. Yeah, he's really a trailblazer and a way shower and a truth teller and an activist, a revolutionist. On many levels. On many, many levels. I mean, my mind was blown. Uh, there were a lot of synchronicities, so that was really delightful. Wow, I'm I'm so inspired, and I know that all of you will be as well, on how to really stand up for what you believe in, and to not shy away in the face of fear and being ostracized, and connecting with the wisdom of your soul and aligning with your purpose and your truth. If anything, that would be the overarching message of this episode and of our time with Magnus, is live your truth. Don't worry about what anybody thinks. Know what's true in your heart and follow that. And he's made an entire life out of this. And today he's the world's preeminent expert on hidden people, elves, fairies, nature spirits, and the like. He's like a walking encyclopedia of awesome stories. Mm -hmm. He just delivers such depth with his voice and his presence and personality. Another great thing with talking with Magnus is we got to learn about more of the inner workings of Icelandic society and culture, as Rachel mentioned, from an Icelander's point of view. And so he's telling us about what it's really like to live there and more about the social, political, economic structure. 
environmental. Yeah. And that was an aspect that we weren't really able to gain anywhere else of hearing the, the inside scoop of what it's like to be there. So we really enjoyed this episode and we did something a little different. You're not going to hear Rachel and I during the interview because Magnus's story is so compelling that to me it came across as poetry or almost spoken word. Icelandic language is so gorgeous that when an Icelandic speaks English, it is. It's like poetry. It's music to the ears. And so we want you to experience all of Magnus and his story, his trials, his tribulations, his triumphs. So without much further ado, let's bring Magnus on. And we'll check in with you after his story. Listeners, my name is Magnus Kaffelsson. I'm 61 years old. I uh, work at the Paranormal Foundation of Iceland. And my job is to collect all paranormal experiences of Icelanders, as well as others, that we get hold of. But I'm the head of the old school. And the old school is 28 years old this year. And uh, I collect all paranormal experiences and, and record them and write tabs them down. Everywhere, just wherever I get some victims. The US, five countries in Africa, almost all countries in Europe, Russia, and all the Scandinavian countries, a little bit in Latin America and Middle America, but mostly in Iceland and in the Northern Europe. The elves in Japan are called Kappa. We have quite a few stories of that, yes. Yes, every country. We would never come to a country that we did not get elf stories. Elves are everywhere in the world. 54% of the Iceland nation believes that the elves do exist. This is normally one or two, up to three or six percent in most other Western countries. I think I collected the first story when I was 16 years old, and since then I've collected four to five thousand stories. Yes, in fact. 98 to 99% of my stories is audio taped. So if I die, and not if, when I die, the collection does exist. And we video 6 to 7% of the best stories in high quality video. We're going to make a documentary film about it later. We always, when we meet the witnesses, we record the story. And uh, we do, like most other serious ethnologists, we meet the witnesses in a year or two or three or five or ten years and ask them again about the story. Human mind is, has that ability and this ability that it has a certain amount of hard disk in, the, in, in its head. Every major things that occur to humans goes to the hard disk. If you meet the president, if you meet, see an alien or UFO or you have a major car crash or, or whatever it is, that gets stuck on your hard disk. Most other things are deleted automatically, quite fast. Something that didn't happen to you, that is the worst thing to remember. It's totally impossible to get that on the hard disk. Forget it. If you call a witness and you call it again, in three years or five years, 
by the way, the color of the sweater of the elves that you met there, what was the color of the elves? Who were with them? What did he say? What did you say to him? How was the weather? And he says, slowly, you ask him about all the story again, five or ten years later. And you typed the story up and compared it with the other type that happened ten years ago. Normally, this is in all details the same. All. And you can be pretty sure that this is the story. If you make a liar story or is it simply exaggerate, you can't remember that for the end of the month, hardly. About to see else. But uh, I'm not psychic. My, my, all my witnesses, these 800 Icelanders and 500 foreigners from, from 40 countries, they have only one thing in common, more or less. They are psychic. They have the sixth sense. And those who don't have it normally never see the else. It is estimated that two or three percent of the human race is psychic enough to see dead people or and else or other nature spirits. Two or three percent. Eighty-five to ninety percent of my witnesses is psychic, more or less. Kids are much more psychic than grown-ups. Nobody knows why. Females are more psychic than males. Nobody knows why. Gays are more psychic than non-gays, nobody knows why. But kids are many times more psychic than grown-ups. It is estimated that kids are more or less heavy psychic up to the age of six to nine. Then they start to lose this. Many parents and kids remember that in their childhood, the kids were having invisible friends to play with. That is normally elf kids. Hidden people kids, sometimes dead kids. Kids normally lose this ability about the age of six to nine. Researches on, on psychic human dead bodies show that the only thing physical, because psychic ability is inherited, the only thing that is to be seen is have been found is that researches on psychic dead people's bodies show that there's quite deep connection between the left and the right part of the brain. These connections between the right and the left part of the brain is so much more evolved than with non-psychics. As you probably know, your logic thinking is in the left part of your head and emotions and feelings is in the right one. And those who have this boundary skill seems to be very psychic. Very little research is done on this. There's overwhelming prejudice happening about these things in life in general. Unfortunately, we live on that time. I have the feeling that I'm living on the 15th century. There's overwhelming prejudice against all these paranormal actions and experiences. Either you're born with the skills or not, but you can train to get them more out and controlled. If you're not born with them, then you can't exercise anything that doesn't exist. The elves are more afraid of humans than they were 100 and 200 years ago. They claim humans are not as sincere as they were. They claim humans are more liars than they were. But still, in Iceland, there's a lot of friendship that is existing between humans and elves and people. And that's a very beautiful thing. 
this friendship sometimes lasts all their life. Of this 800 Icelanders that I met, more than 300 of them have, have talked with them. More than 160 or 70 have met them regularly. More or less lifetime friendship. More than 30 or 40 have been invited into their homes. It's very hard to go in search of them else in fact. Almost the only source of information is to find all possible and impossible witnesses and ask them in details about this. And that's what we do. We can't use normal methods doing researches on else. My brother is a politician. He's, he's a former professor in biology in the university. He doesn't work as a scientist. He's a politician. He's been a member of parliament for 25 or 30 years. He has been in three governments, and as two governments, he was a minister of foreign affairs. But 25 years ago, he was a minister of environmental affairs. And the first or the second day in ministry, all the experts in the ministry came to him very serious. They wanted to talk with him. Yes, no problem, my brother. About what? About else in Hiddenview. Are you crazy, my brother? That we on a governmental level, we don't talk about that here. But we still want to talk with you about that. Mr. Minister, they said, regardless to your opinion on else in Hiddenview, do take these stories seriously. Because if you don't do that, the state road company or other companies will, might run into elves and do harm to them. My brother said to them, are you crazy? Do you all believe in elves? No, none of us. But it just occurs when companies, private or official companies, is doing constructions, building roads or whatever, they need to smash some cliffs. And if local people tell you that elves are there, everything in the construction is fucked up. The machines are breaking down, they are overheated in major repairing costs. The workers get sick, they have endless amount of accidents. Bad weather strikes, problems, problems, problems. It is estimated by the government that is about 30 to 80% more cost to go through places where elves are living and through places that no elves are living, very similar places. In the recent decades, there have been quite a lot of such confront and uh, there have been made agreement between the elves and the authorities that the elves move out for a few days and the stone and the cliffs or the rocks are lifted by cranes very gently moved 10, 15, 20 meters away. That's what my, that's what the expert said to my brother. Mr. Minister, move the constructions away when local people tell you that elves are there and then they're going to do some construction there. Move it in advance. Move it at once. Don't tell anybody. Don't admit to anybody. Especially not to foreign journalists. Because they think we all are crazy. Move it. Why? Why is it a move? Because we will have 30 or 80% more cost of this construction. And simply to save the money of the state, of the taxpayers. Move it. Move it in advance. Don't tell anybody. Iceland, my ancestors, the Vikings, had immigrated to Iceland 12 centuries ago. They had hard times because this is a tough country. The winters are tough here, long and tough. 
but they survived here despite all the volcano eruptions that almost killed the nation many times. Icelanders should be five or ten million people, but we only 330,000. That is because the nation died regularly of volcanoes. For example, two-thirds or three-fourths of the nation died just in a year or two, 1783. Uh, then the population of Iceland went down when all these crises, volcanoes were here, went down to 32,000 people. All Icelanders were 32,000. That's less than one-tenth today. Those 32,000 that survived were starving and hungry and sick and had a terrible life here. And we have heard many of stories of elves coming and helping humans. They gave starving people food. They came with medicine to sick people and cured them. This friendship, this friendship that has been between the elves and the people and humans, is so beautiful, so encouraging, so real. It's so stupid. It would be so stupid to shut down this friendship that's between the humans and the elves and the hidden people. Two messages. Stop polluting the world. You're destroying the world you have. You will kill yourself. You will not only kill yourself, you will kill most of the species that's living on the planet. But you will do another thing that is even worse. You will kill all the elves and the hidden people in another dimension that is uh, basing, uh, their life is based on your world too. Uh, in the sister dimension, you will pollute that and kill that. Stop polluting the world. And secondly, stop torturing animals. That is the worst thing ethically with you, and which is in fact totally unacceptable today. Totally. It's all over the world. It's global. It's the, probably the least message need to be said to Iceland. We, we pollute so little. All our energy is renewable. But we are lucky. We have the geothermal water here. All houses in Iceland are warmed up with water from down on the earth. We don't have to burn any oil or coal for doing that. We have the very much amount of electricity. It's very cheap for consumers here. It's very cheap to warm up your houses. Private houses, probably $50 a month for a big house. And it's tropical warmth inside and 10 rooms and in Iceland. So we have very cheap energy and it's all renewable. But what mankind is doing is totally unacceptable. We are literally killing the planet. And you know, it became easy for me to be a vegetarian. I just simply took the decision when I was 16 years old. I'm not going to participate in this. I am not going to support this holocaust of these animals on, on this planet. It was a tough decision, but it was very necessary. My father was a chicken farmer, starting in this uh, factory farm. And this was, sorry to say it, it was disgusting. I felt so much suffer for these birds. 
these newborn birds and these uh, the parents and the mother and the father never saw the babies and this was so disgusting, sorry to say. Humans are misusing almost all animals they can find and the sufferers in unbearable. Uh, when I started to be vegetarian and for many years, I did not know of any vegetarian. I had, I, I had not heard that any vegetarian existed in the planet. I thought for many years I would be the only vegetarian in the human civilization, but I couldn't care less because I didn't want to participate in this. Yes, I was a leader of the anti-whaling opposition 30 and 35 years ago. I went two times to prison of that. But we managed, with the help of Greenpeace and Sea Shepherd and many other organizations, we managed to stop the whaling there. I said it started partly again a few years later, but they stopped it this year, great ratings, probably once and for all now. That's a typical Icelandic way. To do everything in a year or two. This, for example, the legislations on gays and lesbians. It was terrible to be gay and lesbian 40 years ago, 45 and 50 years ago when I was young. These boys were beaten most places. Well, most people looked at me as queer or lunatic or even worse, but I don't, didn't give a damn about that. I just took my own path and has a husband and two colored daughters from Africa. We were collecting stories in these five countries, Nigeria, Benin, Togo, the Ivory Coast and Ghana. But uh, accidentally we ran into a motherless home and there were 40-something kids, motherless there. And uh, when we were there, we started to check if it would be possible to adopt babies, but that was impossible. Gays are not allowed to adopt babies, they just are outcast. It's a prison thing to be gay, I think. But my husband, we did a di different thing. My husband married our guide, which was a lady. And uh, that wasn't enough. There were a lot of legislation in the country. We needed to have been staying there for two or three years, and, and the babies uh, uh, had to be born in a, in a registered uh, hospital. And, and we just talked with civil servants and judges here and there, and we bought all these certificates. Three times one judge and bribed him and got some certificates. And they could adopt these two girls we were introduced to. And they were recently found in a paperback out of the forest. They were three days old, estimated the doctor when they were found. But they were about five months old when we saw them first. And thank God this is the most corrupted country in the world, or my daughters would be street babies today. Babies that has no special place to live in has no parents, more like animals and humans. Everybody, everybody can rape them, misuse them. And these people, these babies normally very live short life and miserable life. 
The corruption in Nigeria made it possible to adopt him to this decent country here in residence. I sometimes pity the U.S. how late they are doing a lot of reforms. It's weird how the social system is bad in the U.S. We have free education in Iceland, free medical care and hospital, everything is free, but still the the society is much better off. And there's no beggars here, there's no social problems compared with the U.S. Nobody starves here. That is socialism we have. The government takes care of those who are unable to take care of themselves. That's why we have no beggars. That's why we have so few crimes here. That's why we have so few prisoners here. We have less than 1% of prisoners in Iceland compared with America per million inhabitants. And Icelanders, as well as all the Scandinavian countries, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, and Finland, they take care of their inhabitants that can take care of themselves. If they want to be taken care of, then the state does it. Help them with money, free houses and things. The society, these socialist societies, looks on their inhabitants as sort of an investment. They invest in individuals' education, individuals' health. It's much cheaper to run society and much higher security standard with these uh, people taken care of. And I'll tell you the secret to our welfare system. All hospitals are run by the state. All medical care are run by the state. Doctors in Iceland can only be hired by the state. The state doesn't pay more than three or four times the amount of workers' salary for doctors or any else, maybe five times. In the U.S., if you're a clever doctor, greedy, well-skilled and highly educated, you can have 10, 20 or 50 times the amount of salary of a worker. I'm not a special Christian man, but I belong to the Lutheran Church. The social welfare system in Scandinavia comes partly from Christianity. The most religious part of the United States is the Midwest, but there the social structure is probably the worst, and it's the least tolerant for minority groups there. Uh, in Iceland, this is opposite. Here's a lot of tolerance for minority groups, whatever they are, ethnic groups, uh, gays and lesbian, colored people, uh, mentally handicapped people, just name it. That is the true Christianity, to take care of the poor and uh, to tolerate other beings that is different from you. Yes, I am supposed to take care of my youngest brothers and sisters. There is a contrast in this, claiming to be Christian and not follow what Jesus would have said or done. You know what, friends? I'm not very religious, 
but I live by one law. What would I have wanted to have me myself treated if I was sick, or a beggar, or so stupid that I couldn't work, or so uh, handicapped mentally or physically that I couldn't uh, take care of my babies? I wanted to have been taken care of me. That's why I want everybody else to be taken care of. This is partly selfish. I think everybody should be treating others like the when the amendments it says you should treat others like you want to be treated yourself. This is what Jesus taught humans. But this is what so-called Christian people very little do. It's such a contrast in their words and actions. Be less Christian, more humanist. No, Icelanders look on, for example, prisoners, almost all prisoners of these few prisoners that is in Iceland, they are in school, technical school, or learning to be lawyers, whatever. They're all in colleges or technical school or even universities. So out of prisons comes educated people. And they get social aid to try to stabilize themselves in the society. Very few criminals come back in prison. They really are well off. It's different than the US. But I want to be honest with you. The socialism was not invented in Iceland. Iceland is a small brother state from Sweden and Denmark. Sweden and Denmark is the highly highest evolved social welfare humane society that is on the face of this earth. Of course, America should try to get the way that the Scandinavians have done, both in human rights, in uh, free education, in free medical and health care and hospitals, uh, because it pays in the end to have an equal society. No burglars are here. No bitter people are here. It produced bitter people to take the independence from them, to take their pride from them, put them in prison and break them down. It's so uneconomical to do what the U.S. treats their minors. And most prisoners in the U.S. as in Iceland as anywhere is normally mentally ill people or drug addicted kids or teenagers. It's weird how U.S. treats their prisoners. But the biggest, biggest and the most ugliest part of our culture civilization is how we treat the animals. That's what the aliens say to humans when they meet them. That's what the elves and hidden people say when they meet humans. This is holocaust of the animal. This is totally unacceptable. And it's unnecessary suffer. I can accept humans eating animals when they don't have any alternatives. But when there's alternatives of very good vegetarian meals, it's outrageous to kill animals to eat them, aside the fact how unhealthy it is. All these diseases, heart diseases and brain diseases, and we are eating totally wrong food. But the food industry uh, finance 
the things to hide that as possible. So, I would not even eat meat. I wouldn't participate in this Holocaust. I would eat vegetables and then take some pills or whatever it needed to be okay off, never to abuse the animals. Yes, it was a nice talking with you. Hopefully, listener, you will send me your old stories or other paranormal stories. You can easily type it down and send it to me. Well, they can, for example, go to our webpage, theoldschool.com, and my email is there, mhs at vortex.is, and simply send me the story. Or they can send me a mail and give me their phone number, and I could call them and ask them through the phone and write it down. The best, of course, would be if they would type the story, or the second best would be if they would uh, either call me or give me the phone number, I would call them back and get these stories. In fact, we like all paranormal stories, but we our favorite stories is Elton Hidden People and Nature Spirit, and uh, of course, uh, Life After Death, and and of course also UFO and aliens, but especially old stories if they would do that, if they know, if they themselves have had some encounter with them, or nobody that you know somebody that have had an encounter with them, please let us know. And I would be very grateful. And I will show my gratitude when we meet in heaven. Wow, there you go. That was Magnus, the headmaster of the Elf School in Reykjavik, Iceland. It's such an inspiring story. I can't even imagine how much strength and courage he had to go vegetarian 40 years ago in Iceland as a young boy. Yeah, he, he thought he was the only one. In the world. He didn't know that that was even a possibility, that anybody did that, and yet he did it. Right. To be gay at such a young age where people were getting, you know, often beat and ostracized and made fun of. And to just stand to that truth, you know? And now here he has a, a loving husband and two adopted African daughters. That story in and of itself could be a Wild. major motion picture. And then he found them and, you know, they were found in a paper bag. Right. He paper saved, bag babies. He saved their lives and is showing them incredible experiences of what it looks like to really be in love and to model what it means to be a good man and to, like, take them to all of the musicals and plays and theater and, wow... They're so lucky, and he's lucky. Like, what a fabulous experience. And then the other story that he told that just blows my mind is that he took a stand for the whales. You know, he stopped whaling in Iceland and even went to jail for it. A couple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In allegiance with Sea Shepherd and some other environmental advocacy groups, that was really a trailblazing move, you know? Yeah. he was Magnus is just ahead of his time. and Ahead of his time, like, in every regard. <laughs> so his big focus, like you heard, is collecting and documenting these stories. He wants to create a body of evidence of real stories of the paranormal that is going to live beyond him. He's trying to make this catalog 
as much as we see things like Harry Potter and... Lord of the Rings. And all of these kind of movies, it's being told to us that it's all fiction. So Magnus is trying to document this as a history, as hidden ethnological history of our planet. So if you have personal experiences with elves, fairies, spirits, ghosts, extraterrestrials, you name it, but especially the elves and hidden people, please contact Magnus. Let him know of your stories. He is really excited when he gets to hear a new story. You'll see him light up. You'll see his inner child come out. And uh, Rachel and I both got to see that when we shared our stories with him. Yeah, and being with him was a really fantastic reminder that nothing is as it seems, and that reality is subjective, and to trust what's in your heart and not necessarily what you've been told. Yeah. And how about when even the government of Iceland secretly believes in elves? They, they all won't do. Admit it. They yeah. won't admit it. But... Yeah, they even were talking to Obama, President Obama, about it. Oh yeah, that was a story that we that we didn't quite catch on audio, but Magnus shared a story with us that his brother that he mentioned in this in this interview in parliament for years that was on a a trip to the US and as a delegate from Iceland, President Obama went around to meet and greet each delegate. And they get a little briefing of who each person is yeah, and like what a their background is. for a couple sentences. Yeah, no noteworthy items about each person. Where they went to school, who they're married to. Interesting family members. Right. Scandals, things uh, like that. Right. And apparently when Obama came around to Magnus's brother, he says, So, uh, your brother really believes in elves, huh? And Magnus's brother is like, um, you're the president of the United States, and that's what you're talking to me about? That's the first greeting <laughs> you're talking like, to me about? Is yes, my crazy my, brother? My brother does have an elf school, and he's like, so do you, do you believe in elves? And Magnus's brother is like, well, yeah, everybody does. And then, apparently, President Obama even shared some stories of his youth in Hawaii that there are... The elementals. Yeah, the elementals, and quite a tradition of hidden people in Hawaii that Obama shared with Magnus' brother. So he's like, that's cool. I'm glad he he believes in elves and he runs the elf school. Yep. So don't stop believing. And like I said, you know, nothing is as it seems. Nothing is as it appears. So keep looking. Absolutely. Be inspired. Stay true to yourself. We love you. Stay tuned for more from the Ecstatic Existence Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to me personally... I am Daniel Alcyon. You can get me at ecstaticexistence at gmail.com. I'd love to set up a self-discovery session with you. This is an in-depth questionnaire where you get to look at every single aspect of your life, and then you meet with me for a two-hour session via Skype, and we can go into all the details, and we can create a roadmap to the new you together. Yeah, and I am Rachel Alcyon, and I would love to be a further support to you. And Daniel and I actually have a lot of really cool things coming this fall. Uh, My seven self-care success secrets for holistic luxury and vibrant sexuality is starting September 7th. So if you are a woman that would love to tap into your own unique version of holistic luxury and vibrant sexuality, then please, early registration is happening now. And also, if you love what Daniel and I are doing together and you want more of that, we are launching in in the fall Essence of Ecstasy four-week program. Yeah, it's teaching couples how to live an ecstatic existence. And maintain a passionate partnership. Yep, through conscious communication. Yeah, it's going to be a phenomenal program. And so you're going to want to get on the early registration for that. Drop us an email. All the links are included. All the links will be in the liner of the show. We are here for you.